the let the thing roll. Let let it roll. Yeah, because we missed our cue. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's cold. It's it's a little bit cold. Not like crazy bad. There's no wind. It, it's a good day for a walk if you want one. I don't want one. Okay. Well, then stay inside. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. Uh, me and Adriana since um we had the babies stay the night at my in laws, so like we actually got to be normal, you know. Instead of having to watch Little Munchkin run around like a maniac. She's out of control. Oh, yeah? She's yeah. getting wild? She's just... She can't sit, you know? Uh, she just wants to run around and destroy things. Ticks after her dead. Yeah, it's true, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so that's what we got going on with that. But it was pretty nice to have in the quiet night. Good stuff. Good stuff. You guys do anything? No, we stayed at home and watched Underworld, which is why I... Nice. Got... All of them or first two? Uh... Well, first two, I know I like three is the one I'm most familiar with. I feel like I remember. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, so we didn't watch that one. Then we watched Awakening, which is like the first time I've seen it since like it came out. And then there was one that came out like what, 2014, 15, right? 16, I think. In Blood Wars. Like I haven't seen that one yet. That uh, one. See, my, 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 here's my thing with Underworld. It's like Resident Evil. The first one or two are passable for what they are, uh-huh. but it's a series that should have ended much sooner we'll talk about it because i actually have it on a, on a, on a oh docket. you have it on the docket yeah I have it on very the docket. cool all right so you're not now officially are you ready yeah born ready What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number, what, what number is it? 106, 105, 105. I thought it was 105 last week. Oh, shit, so it's 106. Oh, 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 we're really bad at this. I'm sorry. Well, we were doing really well for a bit there. Yeah. It's just we don't have another landmark to work towards. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. It is 106. 106. Yeah. Uh, we are here at a relatively cold day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. I'm your host, Jacob, and uh, there's Gabe here. Yeah, man. So we're back for another week. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to talk about how Gabe's week was. How was your week, Gabe? Mm, how was my week? How was my week? It was good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah? It was all right? Yeah. Nothing eventful? Just the average work week? Um, Shit, man. I don't even remember what I did in the past week. Uh, work, school, uh, Apex. Yeah. A little bit of Siege. Uh, that's, that's pretty much the extent of it. Absolutely. You got any wins yet? Uh, dude, we were... We were like one shot away from a win last night. It was a down to a it was a down to a one v one, and my buddy choked. Well, he didn't choke. He did a really good job, but he he got himself in a position that uh that we couldn't you know. I don't want to say couldn't succeed, but he didn't pull the trigger fast enough. Ah, so, so no, it was the closest <laughs> we've been. No, no wins yet. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think I'm just. I I don't think I'm hot trash. I don't just I don't think I'm good at it, this. Is it? Do you think it's because of um maybe because of the PC is a little more sweaty? You know, I don't want to like make up excuses, but yeah, I could see that as a potential reason. reason. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it, man. I'm gonna try and play it with a controller, see if maybe I do a little bit better or worse, or we'll see. But um, yeah, man, there's been a there's that's probably the closest call we've had where it was a one v one, and uh, yeah, dude, just didn't happen. But interesting, yeah, because I'm I'm I don't want to say I got a, a ton of wins, but I got a decent amount, I think. Yeah, you got like what five wins now? Uh, like eight, eight, nine. I just got one today, this morning, before you came over. Very cool. So, yeah, we're racking up the wins now. I like it. I love it. We already talked about that at length last week, but it was good stuff, and I'm enjoying myself. So, 
as far as my week is same old stuff, man. And it is, it is what it is. And when you adult, your weeks tend to blend together a little bit. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, days are long weeks are short or days are long. Years are short. Yeah. 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 All right, Gabe, you ready? Yeah. So, um, Hellboy is one of the movies that I'm highly anticipating this year. Mm -hmm. We spoke about that briefly, but, um, gigantic brewery is doing a collab with, uh, the boys at, I don't know, whoever's making the Hellboy movie. And they're dropping six beers over the span of, uh, I think a year. Cause they're coming out like one every six or seven weeks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here, I'm going to read off some of these beers to you. And I, w- I want to see what you think. So the first one to drop is going to be, of course, the Hellboy beer. And it is maple syrup pancake beer. 6.66%. Maple syrup pancake. So they, they, stay, they stayed away from the bacon, which I appreciate. Because I think if you put bacon, once you start to put bacon in beverages, it gets like gross. But I mean, food wise, I think it would make sense. But yeah, I th- you know, beverage wise, it's yeah. a bit interesting. Yeah. So what do you think? I think the uh, the carbonation and the sweetness from the maple syrup will work nicely. The yeah. beer is naturally kind of almost like bitter in a sense. Yeah, I think it'll balance out. I, I think it'll be all right. I think that's that's intriguing. That's like a, a like a three out of five. I think. Cool. Uh, the next one up is Liz Sherman. Remember, she's a. Uh, your firebender in the Hellboy series. So her beer is a mole chili stout, 6.66%. No interest. <laughs> no interest in that? No, you don't like them exotics? No. Uh, Johan Kraus is the next one. So German? This is, yeah, citrus wit beer, 6.66%. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, you, you like your Germans? Yep. Next one is the Abe Sapien, which is, uh, I think this is pretty interesting. It's an indigo blue fruit ale, hmm. 6.66%. Sign me up. Next one is the Blood Queen. It's a cranberry yuzu sour. I think that one's probably going to be up my alley. Five out of five. Out of five. I'm interested. Yuzu is a Japanese type of beer, so we will see how that comes out. And the last one is the Trevor Brutenholm, which is uh, oh boy who raised um, Hellboy. And it's a British barley wine, 9.99%. Okay. Let that sink in. That's almost 10%. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It's not bad. I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, I don't. I think lineup. the one that's like a straight up absolute no is the mole one. I don't like that spicy shit. In my no. Beer. I'll no. give it a try. I'm, I'm kind of open minded about it. But mm-hmm. uh, they're only making 500 cases of each. So where are they selling? I think we, I think you'll be able to find them at a local Benny's because 500 cases is still a lot at the end of the day. It's a decent amount, yeah. But it's not your, your you know it's not your mom and pop liquor store type of shit. Uh, not gonna be a jewel. No, probably not gonna be a jewel. Makes I uh, we managed to pick up the. Uh, Cinnamon whiskey, the Hellboy cinnamon whiskey, and uh, that was great. That was like liquid red hot. So that was really good. I liked it much better than Fireball. Interesting, interesting. Speaking of whiskey, oh yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> about riding the lightning. Yeah. So um, as I stated, Adam got me a uh, a blackened uh, Metallica whiskey for Christmas this year. Oh, you finally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I finally had the uh, the opportunity to 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 pop that open. I was waiting for like a good occasion, but I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's whiskey. It's not a fucking wine. You know, it's not the end of the world. See, we're the other way around. You're like, oh, it's wine. It's not a good whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm like, fuck it. We're watching horrible movies tonight. Let's let's fucking do it. So we did it. And uh, like I said last night, I'm like, it is extremely strong. It is 90 proof. Not that uh, the heaviest hitting whiskey of all time, but it tastes like it is. Uh, like I said, very smooth with like the internal mouth taste. But once you swallow it, like I said, it's all burn. And I like it. It's not bad. It, it, it mixes very well with Dr. Pepper, I will say. Because, yeah. you know, uh, I think people, Dr. Pepper has like the medicinal quality to it anyways, like taste-wise. So uh, I think it fits, it fits well with it. Very cool. So uh, drink it straight? I, I, I can, uh, but... Yeah. Does it like clear your sinuses out? Yes, like, uh, it does. Like my homebrew does? It does, yeah. That's good, though. I, I mean, figure with a band like Metallica, you're going to have to have something 
yeah. thick and bold and strong. You can't go for like a subtle, you know, hints of smoked oak and bullshit. Well, you, you got to have it up front. Well, yeah, I think you could probably get away with that with Metallica, but yeah, I think there is something to be said about the smack in the face. Cool. So now we got to get you some Slayer whiskey and, and compare and contrast on the show. Sure. All right, Coolio. So let's uh, let's dive right into these topics, man. Uh, so we got movies and TV first. Talk to me about this because this is your alley. All right, so Terminator, I guess, has got a working title. I don't know how much that lends towards like the actual end product, though I know Cameron likes to like his working title usually ends up being the title. Uh, so it's called Dark Fate, Terminator Dark Fate. It's almost too edgy for a Terminator movie. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse than Genesis. It feels like uh, Genesis was kind of... It was kind of fitting because of the whole time travel thing and blah, blah, blah. You know, like I said, I think it's a total cop-out. But Dark Fate sounds like some fucking goth kid's name who, like, who's like, oh, man, how topic is it what it used to be? Yeah. You know, and that could also be one of us because I think we, we hit a couple of those notes. But, yeah, yeah it's an interesting title. Something a little, little bit too edgy from James Cameron. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, contemporary. Like, as far as, like, titles, I think, like you said, it is kind of on the edgy side. Sure. Um, though, I, I have faith in Cameron. I think you'll pull this around, especially since he's involved this time. And like I said, it couldn't be worse than Genesis because that was a fucking fire, like a dumpster fire. Ugh. Yeah, man. When you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. This is true. I, and, uh, I should make a melodic hardcore band. That's going to be some of my lyrics right there. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm interested in to see how they've got going moving forward, but. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Yeah, it man. It, it, yeah, I was gonna say it's James Cameron. He, yeah. Uh, even when it is a dumpster fire, there's still salvageable portions or Absolutely. bits and pieces you can enjoy. Yeah. Whether it be visual aspect, storytelling, well, maybe not the storytelling. But <laughs> moving on. Well, well, I watched the first Terminator again for like the first time in a couple of years, and I'm like, man, I fucking love this shit. It's so goddamn good. The first one. Now we know how I feel about T2. I hype on it a lot, but T1 doesn't get enough love, and it's fucking fantastic. It's I fucking- think T4. Was it four or was it three? Three. Three was the one that had the big balls. Which steel, one? Where they go into the bunker and they're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T3 had some balls. I feel like that one gets a lot of shit. It does get a lot of and, shit. And a sprinkle of love. I, I, I think the reason why... It's not so much the, the plot. It's the actor who played John Connor who gets a lot of That's the flack. Uh, I, I think like T3 is like that big pile of shit. And then like towards the end, you're like, oh, I had corn. And you're like, I did something good for my body by having corn, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch there, Gabe. But, uh, yeah, I do feel like that T3 does get a little bit of the hate. It does. But uh, Salvation was all right. And then, you know, we got Genesis and it's just kind of. Yeah, maybe a series uh, much like one of the other ones we're going to talk about. Yeah. Probably gone on too long. But, uh, so Devil in the White City. I think we we're actually having a conversation about this on the way here, me and my girlfriend. So talk to me about Devil in the White City. So I guess they opted out on making a movie. I don't think it's going to be a movie anymore. I think um, Scorsese and DiCaprio are going to executive produce a Hulu, a Hulu series on it, as opposed to making it a movie. That's fair. Yeah, it and is it, a thick fucking novel. Yeah, it is. It is in depth, and I think it is. A, it's very hard to tell that story in two and a half hours. You know? So, so hear me out, right? And um, okay, it's not going to be a movie. I'll live with it. When's the last time you've seen DiCaprio? Like the most recent picture. Um, it's been a while. Been a while, huh? I feel like it. So, is it just me, or does it seem like every day, Leo looks more and more like Jack Nicholson? I think it's you. Look up a picture. I, 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 I look I, up a picture. I, I don't think I'm all that crazy on this one. Looking like Jack Nicholson. He looks more and more like. Look up a picture right now. Pull it up. Of Leonardo DiCaprio, but I think it's interesting because you said they're gonna what co-produce it. Yeah, I'm assuming with uh, Scorsese taking 
most of the helm and Leo as his underling. I think that's a very interesting premise because, as we know, uh, Leo's been in, fuck, man, a good chunk of his movies yeah. at this point. And, um, I mean, I've enjoyed him in every single Scorsese pick I've seen. And I think, in, in a way, I, you know, I don't want to say it, but, like, I think it'd be cool to see Leo step up and kind of assume the mantle, like Master and Apprentice kind of thing when... Because, you know, we spoke about it. Nicholson, Scorsese, Pesci, Pacino, all these greats are 80. Yeah. You know, it's just how much longer are they going to be able to do it? Well, then you have guys like Jonah Hill who were under <laughs> Scorsese. Man, watch Mid-90s. You'll know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, But watch that. And then you have people like Leo that's really been in there with the nitty and gritty. And, uh, you know, see how much kind of rubs off on him. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting take. Uh, like I said, that's a story that's very hard to tell in the two and a half hours because you have to keep in mind that it's not just about H.H. Holmes. It's about the construction of the World's Fair as well. That is equally as important to the plot. And uh, I think you could tell maybe one of, one, of, one of their stories in two and a half hours, but I don't think you could tell both. You know, so uh, hopefully it's a... I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't want it to be like a half an hour long. You know, I want it to be like hour long episodes if that's what they're going to do. Make it a short mini series and have that be it. You know? Yeah, like five or six episodes? Yeah, I think that'll do. Because um, like I said, both of their stories are very important in the whole novel. And it's one of my favorite novels of all time. So uh, I would recommend reading it. And this again, this is something that we've been talking about since the beginning of the podcast, essentially, is this book being made into something. I don't see it. You don't see it? Look, look I at don't this, see man. it. Look at this. No, I don't no, see it. No, you don't see it? Outside of the glasses, I don't see it. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Either way, I think it's going to be a good product. Both both parties involved, you know, it's very hard to not do well, you know? So, hopefully, we there's something that materializes soon and we actually get to see some footage from it. <clears throat> All right, some more bad news. Okay. We're getting a Frozen sequel. Yeah, uh, Frozen 2 uh, came out with a little uh, teaser, I guess. Kind of hard to tell, you know, the, the plot, but I will say tonally, it does seem uh, a little darker. I don't know if it was the way that it was like, like the scenes that they picked, but it seemed a little bit more interesting as not as Disney kitty fun times, but, um, you know, not bad. Speaking of which I went to see Disney on ice with my daughter. Oh yeah. How was that? It was fun. Um, Where'd you guys go? Chicago theater? No, no, that's, um, all state arena. All state arena. Yeah. Very cool. So we went, I don't know if I, did I tell you the story? Did I tell you this? No, you, you didn't. You briefly mentioned this. Uh, so we went and then, um, yeah, man, it's a cute little product. Disney, you know, obviously high production quality, um, fun. Everything's fucking expensive. All the little toys and stuff. We got her one. We got her a little Pua from uh, Moana, the little pig. She enjoyed that. Uh, she sat still through like all of it, basically. Well, but that's good. Near the end, she got kind of tired. You could see it in her eyes. But once like the, the actual like, thing went started to, like started to happen she was like was like locked in so very cool she seemed to really like it i enjoyed it uh worth the trip yeah definitely i mean um uh, i don't know if i would recommend it for adults only like so i don't know i mean i know you and well, i know maddie likes disney and stuff like that and you're very iffy about the mouse but i like scorsese <laughs> and tarantino <laughs> I, well unfortunately for you no nobody's gonna get their head blown off let me get tarantino to direct a like uh like a late 90s early 2000s like american pie High school feel-good movie. Oh, man. But one of them is The Murder. Dude, just do a remake on Scream. Yeah. Yo, I think we're on to something. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Disney on Ice and Frozen 2. A uh, little bit, a little bit, a little bit of cold. And uh, you got any closing comments? I don't really care strongly for Frozen. Yeah, I know. Um, it's Like I said, I know it's like a new thing. Like People love it and stuff. But 
I don't know. Uh, my wife is very much anti against Frozen, the original one. So she's like, we're not going to see it. I'm like, well, if Elisana wants to see it, guess what? We're going to fucking see it. And that's kind of the end of the conversation. Hey, man, do it for kid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly interested. I, I didn't hate it as harshly as Adriana did. I thought it was okay. Definitely overplayed, I will say. But uh, I yeah. think it's a lot of the uh, culture that comes outside of the movie that kind of ruins it sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, Star movie. Wars fans can be real toxic. And kids in Disney might be even more so. Yeah, a little bit. So uh, so we, we spoke a little bit about this uh, before we started rolling. You watched the other world movies? Yes, I did. Uh, so Ooh, I should say rewatched. Yeah, rewatched. Uh, last couple of days, me and Adrian have gone through Underworld 1, 2, skip 3. Because like I said, I'm probably most familiar with that one. And I wanted to get to Awakening because it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I will say this. Um, you mentioned it kind of off air or, you know, on the pre-roll, that we were able to um, dissect it and look into it. And honestly, they're not bad by no. any means, by any means necessary. Underworld definitely got um, a bit of a slap on the hand critique-wise from me. Because as opposed to Resident Evil, Underworld c- could and did get away with it for much longer. As opposed to anything after the first Resident Evil movie is very, like... No man's land. Be careful what you say about this. Like I got a coworker that loves those movies. I'm like, why? It's like, have you played the games? Have you <laughs> have you had any other media Resident Evil wise aside from the movies? Yeah. No. Of course All not. All right. Yeah. Quit. So, um, well, obviously, it doesn't have that problem because it doesn't have, doesn't have the source material. But uh, so I watched it. The first one, uh, a little flat, honestly. Uh, you know what my biggest issue with the first one was? What's that? Uh, the last time I watched it, I uh, I fell asleep because it was kind of late, and I fell asleep. And the uh, so the my, my biggest issue was that the dialogue levels and the gunshot levels are on two very different playing fields. Mm-hmm. And so the fucking gunshots woke me up in my little like theater, and I was like, <laughs> jumped out of my fucking couch. I was like, "Sweet baby Jesus." Yeah, there's a little bit of that. My main issue, and this is as the franchise as a whole, and I understand that they have to, you know fit a certain uh visual aesthetic but everything's all blue and gray uh like i said i know it's kind of the, the choice the stylistic choice they went with it but that's like, like my main issues with the visuals of it all uh you don't really don't care about Selene as a character in the first one um that sympathy sympathy comes along near the end of the movie and uh into the second one uh i enjoyed the first one but like i said plot wise it's kind of kind of lacking but with that being said uh they establish a world Right. And I will say, I don't know how closely relative they were written or if they were written at the same time and meant intended to be a two parter or a three parter, I guess. But those first three films have a continuity and they stick to it. You know what I mean? It's very easy, I think, for this style of film to get away from the continuity and kind of just make up the rules as you go. They establish a continuity at the beginning and they stick with it. Very good. That's a good thing to see. Yeah. Um, and especially when it comes to the third one, um, a lot of those stories come full circle, you know what I mean? Especially with the, you know, the, the murder of his daughter and all that. So, um, like I said, I, I applaud them for that. Cause I, like I said, it'd been very easy just to make up the just rules. Say fuck it and yeah. do a completely different story. Yeah. Like, uh, you remember the blood rain movies? No, no, you don't remember that mm-hmm. same premise vampires. I think the main girl was a vampire slayer. Oh, uh, okay. I think I and the first two were relatively okay. And the third one was like, Nazi Germany, zombie vampire things. And it was like, yeah, no, it was yeah. so bad. I couldn't get through half an hour of it it was so bad yeah so like i said they, they established up like way early in the in the franchise with like 
Marcus being the original and all that, and they follow suit with that. And you know, the second one is a, I think is better. Um, it's definitely more bloody. I feel like, um, but like I said, you kind of establish Selena's kind of a character as opposed to in the first one, she was kind of like a, a a zombie when it comes to killing these these creatures and kind of blur the lines between the two. Uh, I think is that it's important. Um, but the third one came out, and I watched that one. I think that was one that I enjoyed the most. Honestly, because uh, establishes probably the most interesting character of the franchise, which is Lucian, the first second generation werewolf, and kind of he he makes him a sympathetic character. Like, oh yeah, he was he was sympathetic in the first one because he once he told the story, you're like oh, I get it, but you totally understand why he did what he did and why the war took place. And I was telling Adriana because she was like, "Oh, you'd be a vampire." I'm like, "You, you're like you're out of your mind." I'm like, "Those those guys are like majority of the time through are like the assholes." Like the villains of, of you're the too franchise. thick to be a vampire. That too, <laughs> that too. But um, you'd be a chunky ass bat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, you look like yeah. Shut up. You look like a pair with wings. No, it's it's funny because ah. uh, we were talking about the, again the kind of the aesthetics of it. And I'm like vampires. I'm like they look like uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence, while the werewolves look like the rest of the band. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're all dressed up in like fucking uh, leather jackets and hoodies and shit. Vili Valo from him is a, is a vampire. Yes. The rest of the band are werewolves. Yes, exactly. So it's the same, yeah, same basic premise. So that's the way I look at it. Uh, but I I enjoy them. I think they took a little bit of flack. Now, especially the first three, I think they're a solid trilogy, right? And then we got into the, the newest one, or not, not the newest one, I guess, Awakens or whatever the fuck. And I think... Um, they got away from the point a little too hard with it, you know? Um, yeah. Straight from the path. Yeah. That's my one for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they got a little too far away from it and they wanted to establish a new lead, I guess with the daughter or whatever the fuck. But, uh, I will say that their job to unintentionally or intentionally remove Michael as a main character and how they replaced him and recasted him was fucking hysterical in that whole entire thing. So uh, they did a really poor job, like recasting him and like make it, trying to make it seem like they didn't recast him. I thought that was kind of funny because like they show him at a distance for like those times where he's human, but once he turns into world, it's like okay, let's focus on his face now because that's not important anymore. You know what I mean? So I thought it was funny. So uh, uh, I guess the real question was, what is your favorite vampire movie? Interview with the Vampire. It's a very good one. Yeah, Interview with the Vampire is probably my favorite one. I think very solid watch it's a good classical take yeah on a vampire and obviously you can't go vampire without Anne rice like involved somehow and uh queen of the damned was very ah i remember queen of the damned yeah, it was very that was some very early pair of titties i saw who who, who did you see there's in no titties queen in that movie damned? no there's no titties in that movie huh, maybe not that i think of movie. not that i can remember i don't know it's been a while since i've seen it I'm not gonna oh lie. maybe i'm thinking um dust till dawn maybe i'm thinking that that's probably what you're thinking yeah. of. uh that that the Queen of the, the Damned was very edgy. I know it's something that we've brought out recently. Yeah, feel like yeah, we, yeah. we rely on it a little too much now. But uh, as far as descriptive, descriptive terms, but um, hey, man. <laughs> gotcha. I got to say mine is probably Daybreakers. Daybreakers? I think Daybreakers is quite excellent. It's a it's a it's it's actually like a modern take on vampirism as a whole. It's treated as like a disease. So like if you have vampirism, um, you know, there's like blood banks and stuff. So like the vampires go to the blood banks to get their fix and stuff and they like coexist with humans. Oh. And so the humans got to pay the, like the blood toll every month or whatever it is. And that's like, th- that's the terms. Cause it's a vampire's like city. And they're like, yeah, you could live here, but every month you got to give blood to feed the vampires. And you so we don't eat you. And we don't kill you. Yeah. And we don't kill you. And so it's a very like interesting take on like this 
coexistence. Symbiotic and then, relationship. And then what happens? The blood runs out. Oh my god, Dave, you have two volumes, dude. You have I have two two volumes. Too loud. Either you're too loud or we can't fucking hear you. Sorry. But uh but yeah, and then the you know, the blood runs out and shit hits the fan. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a great film. I have not seen it. But it, but it's a like uh it's a very like modern day approach to vampirism. Because I feel like a lot of the time we get this like <laughs> You either get like the cowboy era of vampires, or it's like everything's dusty, and there's like, oh god, dang it, boy, he's a European, he must be blood sucking, and then you get like the very old like Dracula style, and then everything in between. Ah. And, and I think this is kind of a breakaway from that subsidy, you know, uh, a day breakaway. Yeah, a day breakaway from that subsidy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little tangent on vampire films. I, I guess as a whole, I think it catches a lot of flack, and some of that is deserved, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody remembers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, worth the rewatch? Would you yeah, say? Definitely. definitely. Especially the first three. P- pick it up at the uh, Walmart bin, the five dollar Walmart bin. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, uh, I will say, uh, watch it out of order. Watch it three, one, two. I think is probably the best way to watch it. So you get that Lucian backstory. Yeah, because like I said, it makes him super sympathetic, and you care about him more in the first one if you watch the third one. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, let's talk some gaming. Yeah, a little bit. This is you. Uh, I didn't put spell break on here. I didn't. I didn't remove it. I thought you wanted to talk about it this week. Oh, I, I didn't get a chance to like fully play it. But you've played it though. Yeah, I've played it. So how do you I f- think it's a solid game. Now um, you can talk there, about there's it. A, <laughs> I, I spoke a little bit about the learning curve, mm-hmm. and there is a bit of a learning curve in regards to classes you play. Um, the upgrade system, well, the item system, I should say, is pretty straightforward. You get two gloves. One is for your first class. The other is for your secondary class. A lot of it is this kind of mentality where, um, do you remember? when you got past that first hump in learning how to play smite mm-hmm. you're like i understand how to kind of play but then you got to learn how to actually get good yeah and that's that's the curve i'm kind of at right now where it's like i understand how to play i understand the game mechanics i don't understand the complexities and how everything are, interacts with each other and i don't understand like strategical moves and shit like that and i feel like this game has a lot of that sort of stuff jam packed into it kind of in the same sense that like smite is mm-hmm easy to learn on like a surface level where these controls do this here's how you do your basic actions but when you're playing pvp and when you're out there in the arena you got a whole different approach to take it's not so much drop your one two three and then drop your four whenever you have it you know it's a lot of area control it's a lot of pushing uh tug of war push pull push yeah you got to know when to hold them when to hold them type of shit and that's kind of where i'm at with spell break and i think that there's a lot of goodies to unpack in a game like this Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the most I could give you right now because, like I said, I've been playing well, most recently Apex. Of course, Siege is always on rotation. And uh, I wrapped up Resident Evil 2 the other day. And my God, man. <laughs> well, you want to go ahead and give your closing thoughts on that because you kind of gave... I don't want to see your initial impressions, but yeah, you guess your initial impressions. For, for which game? For uh, Spellbreak? No, Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2. It is the epitome of what a remake remaster what you know whatever you want to call it should be i think this doesn't break anything in the sense of a triple a title what i think this does is this pushes the envelope for what a remake remaster is and this is now the gold standard because this game sets the example that no longer should companies get away with slapping an hd skin on everything and just repackaging it this game goes in reimagines a bunch of the areas fixes um some key issues like 
All right, some you know your diehard Resident Evil fans are gonna be like, oh well, the camera, you know, fixed camera, yeah, the fixed camera, fixed camera. That's what made it so suspenseful. Yes, that's also what made it frustrating a lot of the time, mm. and that's what made the controls clunky. This I, free I, look system is is taking this twenty year old masterpiece and updating it. Well, I feel like because I kind of harp on what you said about the fixed camera. I feel like the game was hard because of it. Not because the game was challenging. You know what I mean? The game should be hard because of gameplay mechanics yeah, and not because of controlling yeah. mechanics. Yeah. And like I said, man, like a lot of these like old school Resident Evil fans are probably going to crucify me for that. But I think it's a great way to bring this up to snuff. Okay. I think the graphics, everything's been completely redone. This game, this remake took four years to make. Think about that. This remake of a game took Pretty four good. years to make. Pretty good. 2015 to 2019. I think that this is a must buy at this point. My, my one and only gripe with the game one and only gripe is that I feel that there's a... It's not the inventory management itself. It's I feel that there should have been a separate kind of almost backpack slot for quest items. Because a lot of the time I find myself choosing between ammos and secondaries and all sorts of bullshit. And sometimes I'd have to double back to an area because I couldn't carry something. Okay. And I feel like quest items should have had their own kind of area. Yeah, slot. But yeah. that's just my gripe. And that's a very small one. This isn't game-breaking. This isn't anything. Puzzles reimagined. Enemies are looking better than ever. Like I said, man, the atmosphere lays it on thick. Yeah. Closing thoughts on Resident Evil 2. I'd pay 60 bucks. I'd pay Ooh. 60 bucks again. I Like I said, man, wait, wait till this thing goes on sale and buy it. Because there's no rush. And I think this is something everybody should... It, if you grew up on, on the Resident Evil genre, this game will do nothing but lay a nice thick layer on top of that, on top of a very strong foundation. This will build another floor. Interesting. And those are my closing thoughts on it. Is that like the first time you've ever said I'll buy a game for 60, 60 bucks on the show? I think I might've said it once or twice before, but <laughs> I, yeah, man, I mean, you know me, yeah. if I can get it cheaper than I will. Yeah. And then if I don't like it and I feel like I get gypped, then I'll, I'll speak out about it, but I'll, I'd pay 60 bucks for this. You know who did a, uh, I think it's already down to like 50 now. You, you know who did a fixed camera very well? I was thinking about this. Who did a fixed camera very Shaolin well? Shaolin Monks did a fixed camera yeah. very well. Uh-huh. Super well. Yeah. I feel like they kind of, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of puppeteered everything around that fixed camera. Yeah. But it, you you wouldn't notice it because of the gameplay was so fun and yeah. enveloping. And they had uh, multiple like cameras that you can use. But when you use those multiple cameras that allow you to see things you may have not seen before, which is why some of those areas were like hard to access because you just didn't notice it was there before. Especially a lot of the, like, the collectibles and things that you can unlock and smoke missions. Yeah, I don't know if that uh, fixed camera system would translate so beautifully to modern day. I feel like that's kind of a relic of the time. You think that if they were to... Okay, because this is... Yeah, this is a whole other debate, this, right? This is pie in the sky. But you think if they were to uh, remaster Shallow Monks, it would have to be like updated like RE? Um, not fully redone in a sense. I feel like a, a good chunk of mechanics would have to be redone. Camera for one. Camera would have to... Change around a bit. Yeah, I know that that's kind of hard to imagine, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of hard to think about, but I just don't know that that kind of fixed camera lens angle is up to snuff with what we expect today. Because it's a matter of do we keep authenticity and, you know, make it like the original game, or do we keep like the integrity of what we want the game to be? The mission statement, so to speak, of that yeah. game. Because, you know, it was fun at the time. There's no, no doubt about that. It's just now, is it going to be more frustrating? But, like, I feel like, unlike Resident Evil, 
where it was frustrating at the time, we, we just dealt with it because it was an awesome game. I never felt frustrated with Shaolin Monks when it comes to the camera. You know? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Gabe? I think... Um... I think if we get Shallon Monks again, it's going to be a port. It's not going to remake, remaster. It's going to be a port onto the PS4, onto the Bone. I think that's going to be the end of it. The Bone. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, I think that's going to be the end of it. I don't think Ed Boon has any interest, at the moment at least. Well, he has a lot of interest it. in trolling us about it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. But, you know, main priorities are MK11 launch, and then probably the next DC game that he's going to crank up. Is it going to be Injustice? We don't know. It might be something completely different because he's got a lot of rights to play with now, right? This is indeed true. Speaking so, of which, speaking of Boone, I didn't put it on the on the docket this week, but uh, Jade, yeah, new character, Jade confirmed. Um, same story with Cabal. We had some time to miss her. She looks good. I think the mask is kind of interesting. Oh, uh, I have some problems with her design. Well, you missed the old like green leather thing. The old green leather. No, I actually love the armor. It's the the gray skin that that irks me. I know she's Revenant. I get it. You missed that nice milky chocolate. Well, not, it's just it looks odd to me. It looks odd. You know what I mean? Uh, that's like my main gripe with her. When she has her like her normal skin, I think it looks fine. I like the the, the the fact that the armor actually looks like it's made out of jade. Like I think that's fucking awesome. It has like that pearly green kind of a look to it. I dig it, but um, I don't like the gray skin. I don't think looks are going to be a big issue in this game because the whole customization. System. This is true. Yeah, and uh, she she looks like she plays fun. Yeah, uh, I'm still gonna stick with like Cabal for right now though. Yeah, uh, she's definitely that mid range. That reach that, that mid range game, yeah. yeah, with the staff and all that, and I I do like some of the flavor that they added to her. I think uh, they even mentioned it on the on the stream, like the fact that she teleports in between moves, not as a function, but because it's like a design choice. It's a combo string, in, yeah. Input, yeah. It, it looks cool, I, and I like it. Um, yeah, and bringing more life to some. Of these she, she doesn't seem like the type of character that I would play though. She, uh, she's not like they said that she's like not combo heavy at all. Like that's like her point. That she's like kind of she's kind of poking, yeah. Poke that, the bear, kind of that con- distance, that controlled kind of character, and you know me, I like the fucking rush down. That's why Sonya is the most appealing to me right now, as far as gameplay wise, because she's that fucking fucking in your face rush down, kind of like Black Canary was in Injustice Two, and you know Cassie Cage and all that. You guys, are, I have an archetype that I enjoy, and that's the fucking rush down, beat you up, very cool grapple kind of characters. So, uh, she looks cool. Uh, I like some of the fatality was fucking <laughs> fucking vicious, always man. Uh, yeah, all the fatalities. Uh, the new Baraka fatality was fucking cool. They showed that off. Uh, a little bit more on Baraka too. We got he seems cool. Not very like I said. Also not kind of combo heavy, but hits very hard. So um, I, I'm liking how this game's shaping up right now. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. We got seven weeks. Yeah. It's about just about six yeah. or seven weeks. So yeah. Should be fun. Yep. Looking forward to it. Fun under the sun type of shit. I think they uh they don't have a cast coming up this week about the actual game game. They have it about mobile. I think. Whatever. Um. But um. We'll see what's coming up on the on the horizon about that. Speaking of horizon, like my segue. Uh yeah, you gotta you gotta bring me that horizon. That's too. Uh, <laughs> so talk to me about Burnt Horizon. What is it? So Burnt Horizon is the new season of Siege. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I, I, that name didn't click immediately. Yeah. I, I, I kept it vague because I figured you may not associate the two. So they had a little trailer which I actually thought was kind of funny and cute. Did you see this? Yeah, with uh, Mozzie and Gridlock and yeah. how he. Hops on the bike, drives away, and she cocks the shotgun. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny because um, normally these type of gameplay trailer or these trailers are more focused on the gameplay centric of it. Oh, and these are focused on the, the personality. Operators. Yeah, the, on the personality of them. I thought that was kind of funny because what's his name was losing his mind, 
And she's like, yeah, it's, it's cool and like chilling. And then the moment he hears something on the radio, he gets up, he fucking takes off. And she's like, fuck. All right. <laughs> I think he has very interesting uh, character design with like the motorcycle helmet. Yeah. They're kind of straying away from the like I'm a soldier. Special ops. Kind special of. ops kind of look and do a more kind of urban, I'd say. Yeah. Kind of urban, urban mo fucking warfare type of shit. Yeah. I think so, that's cool. I think they look interesting. I want to see what they do. I think we get that reveal tomorrow. Yeah. Today. Or but, oh, today. Uh, yeah. Today. Today. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some more about that next week, but I'm excited. Siege, Siege has been a, on a very good upward trend. Oh, it's free-to-play weekend as well. It is. So it's a good time to play some ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Stay away from the chaos, but uh, yeah, man, I, I enjoy it. My my one kind of concern is with the map. The map looks very interesting and very fun, but on the outside, at least, it looks very much like Club. Doesn't yeah, it? I love it. like, oh, it's, a, it's a, a mix between a motel, a garage, and a gas station. And that garage part, man, that looks like it was straight ripped from Club. I'm sure the insides are going to be completely different. But, you know, like I'm sure these aren't like legitimate concerns at the time being. Just kind of first impression concerns. Yeah, well, obviously, I think the layout's probably the most important thing. We'll see. I hope it's going to be uh, like a ranked map. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. What, um, what are they doing in the next rework? Because I know they had impressions to or intentions to rework everything. Probably like mid this year, I'd say. You think? Yeah. What, what do you think is getting reworked? I think Favela gets it. Mm, no, keep Favela the way it is. I love it. Oh, aspect about it. <laughs> love it. Uh. Um, what what needs a rework? I think uh, tower. Tower is in desperate need of a rework. Um, no, the one uh, was it Clubhouse? We just did get. We just got. It. No, no, not Clubhouse. Uh, the one with the pool outside. The pool outside and the billiards objective. I can't remember the damn name of it. Wait, what? Yeah, the one with like the billiards objective split between two floors. No, billiard objective split between two floors. Is the pool outside of it? Oh, um, I can't remember the uh, coastline. Coastline. There you go. I think coastline's gonna be a billiard. Yeah, I know. Like. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. No. If they if it needs to work, anything needs to rework. It's that first floor. The second floor is perfectly fine. So we should do that. Yeah, man. I don't think Tower's going to rework. I think they're just kind of abandoning it at this point. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I I enjoy Tower more than when I did when I started. Skyscraper is your, uh, your shit right now. That Skyscraper you needs a rework. Yeah. You, ah! Skyscraper is in desperate need of a rework. No, it's not. It's beautiful. Anyway, move it on. So, uh, rewrite this game. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some GameStop. So, as we all know, GameStop is in the books. My prediction is... End of 2019, either they're out of business or somebody bought them out. And they were already supposed to get bought out, but that never went through. Who was supposed to buy them out? I'm not too sure. There was uh, just talks. And so essentially what was happening was that they were supposed to get bought out, but the meeting got delayed. And then their quarterly earnings came out. (laughs) And I guess whoever was in the prospect was like, nah. Not worth it. Because if they were bought out beforehand, their earnings would have just blended right in with the company's. And essentially, they wouldn't have to disclose that publicly. The parent company would have to disclose that. Make sense? Yeah. So now everybody knows that GameStop is kind of in the shitter. Did you see them uh, lean into that whole ma'am thing with the with the pop, the Funko Pop? Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I think it. that that might be a one-off, though. I you think so? That's in production. So here's my idea to rewrite GameStop. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to bring back the... Uh, the power up rewards thing was that what it was called? Yeah. It's the sixty bucks for half year sign up thing. Yeah, yeah. And you get to come in and swap out used games as much as you want. And then at the end of those six months, you get to keep a game. Now this works twofold because one, 
What is stopping you right now from knocking out all the games on your bucket list? On your backlog that you didn't buy yet or that you maybe wanted to try out? What, what is, is it? Money. Yeah. yeah. Money, right? Yeah. So here's what you do. You, you bring the system back where you pay 60 bucks for the half year or 100 bucks for the full year. And then people can come in, get a game, and then if they don't like it, come back two hours later and swap it out. And they just have an unlimited number of these swaps. And they're used games, you said, right? Yeah, they're used games. So you, you have the used game market going in and out, right? Wouldn't that kind of be like a, rent, like a rental system more than? Yeah, but at the end of the six months, you get to keep, keep one? the last game. Oh, the last one. Okay. So you still get a game out of it, but you get to essentially try all sorts of shit before you commit to something. Because think about it, right? Like, like I said, what, what is preventing me from playing all the games I've had on my backlog for many years, like Bloodborne and all the rest of the Dark Souls oh, series, God. right? Um, it's the fact that I don't want to go out and pay for them right now. They can yeah. wait a bit. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. And I'm sure you got some games on your list. I know I got a couple of games on my list. So this would kind of be a proactive move for a lot of the gamers like us. That's like, hey, well, I signed up for this and I get a game at the end of it. I get my 60 bucks back in essence. Let me go. Uh, let me go pick up something. And essentially what they're doing is making you pay full price for a used game. Yeah. But it, you're paying for both the service and, and a game, game at the end of the day. And think about it. 60 bucks. That's 10 bucks a month for an essentially unlimited amount of games that you could come in. Swap out, return, blah blah, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Just let that sink in. Not bad. That, that's that's more than PS Now. That's more than the Xbox Pass. All you got to do is just a little bit of driving through your GameStop. True. I think it's a solid idea to bring that back. And I think that was the most enticing thing GameStop did in a very long time. I could see you. Uh, number two is a very un- unreasonable, not on our behalf, but on their behalf thing to do is to give us fair trade value for for a used game yeah they want to do on that. trade-ins yeah that's not going to happen yeah but uh kind of twofold with that is you know th- their whole thing is buy sell trade used they're kind of pushing that you know like when you go out and check out a new game they're like oh you sure you don't want to use it's cheaper here's my big gripe with especially new AAA titles that come out that are 60 bucks and they're like oh well we have a used one how much is it 55 why would I just not pay the extra five bucks and get a brand new copy? Yeah. You know, I think the the mentality here has to be that it is discounted enough to the point where it's enticing. Because five bucks, I'd, I'd rather give you my five dollars and not have a scuffed up case, not yeah. have a scuffed up disc. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if it was ten dollars, so $10. if the game was fifty bucks, then I'd be like, all Fif- right, now you got me talking. Ten fifteen. 15 is getting there, but like I think the 10 to 12 range is very reasonable for yeah. a AAA title that came out in the last month or two. Yeah. You know? And and then then you, then you they'd have you thinking with your wallet instead of, like I said, the five bucks is pretty much fucking negligible. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay... Just go, don't go to the vending machine at work that week. Yeah. Or don't, don't, don't get a coffee on your way to GameStop. Yeah. Call it a day. And, and I feel like that should be your baseline right here. To where you you gonna have the guy thinking, huh? You know what? That's not a bad idea actually, and especially with these AAA titles. And then what do you do? You do it twofold, and you sign them up for the damn fucking uh, the Game Pass or whatever. So it's like, hey man, you could buy this, or you could sign up for the Game Pass. And if you really do like the game, you could keep it at the end of the six months. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. It works. And then my last idea is to kind of change gears with GameStop. So, obviously, GameStop is a game store. 
But what have we seen rise in the past 10 years since we were going to GameStop? What have we seen rise? Yeah. At, at, at a GameStop. What, what have we seen? Uh, a lot of, well, hardware. A lot of that. I feel like we see a little more like controls and shit. I'm going to make this easier for you. We, we see a lot of shit that's game related, but not game related. So we see pops. Yeah. We see figures, costumes, all sorts of wild, wacky shit, right? All sorts of accessories, all these extras. And this is the kind of last thing I want, I want to speak about with GameStop. I feel that if you provide a very good and reasonable game service, like we spoke about the Game Pass, and you know maybe not your trade-in value, but the, but the buy-used prices. If you yeah. have very two solid, strong items to get people to come into the door and you make people leave happy, right? Then you have the potential to sell all these sorts of extra figures, pops, accessories, Shit that you don't need at the end of the day to play the game, but shit that maybe you might want. Gamer culture. Yes. Okay. And I feel like... So let's not, get, not so much on just the games. It's a gamer culture start at that point. You got to lay down some sweet, solid foundation to pull that off. And I feel like if they... Because you know me, man. Even you too. We, we, we all enjoy a good pop. Yeah. You know, you, you may or may not be a collector. You may or may not be balls deep into this like some of our friends are. Well, but yeah, I have one or two. Yeah. Everybody enjoys a good pop. Yeah. And I think that's a fair game. And, you know, if you're in there buying a game, what's 10 bucks going to hurt? You know, it's funny because I said 10 bucks should be the minimum. Yeah. Between that and a used game and a new AAA game title. Mm-hmm. But now 10 bucks can get you a pop too. Think about that. True. Think about that, man. I just feel like that's the way we should be moving with this. Well. And, well, probably not. But I think that's a solid kind of plan to maybe salvage something that's long gone at this point yeah i mean it's all i mean there is something to be said about the whole online thing but like a lot of their business practices are why they're in the hole that they're in you know i mean like there's a lot of these stores that didn't deserve to go down but did because of online barnes and nobles stuff like that yeah i mean but there's this mentality of uh adapt or die yeah and i would much prefer to go in store to pick something up especially if it's a game Cause it's like, oh well, I could order it now, and best case scenario, it'll get here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or I can get my ass out of my couch and go drive five minutes to the Best Buy or GameStop. The issue is, is that is it really even worth my time if it's much cheaper online, or, or you know, is it the convenience? Because I do enjoy, I, I did at a time going to a GameStop, and because you know it was a place to bullshit, it was a place to talk. The employees liked games. You liked games, and you could just talk there, man. man. There used to be a plane trade by my house, um, and dude, we were spent hours there. Hours, hours, hours. Like, I, I knew the employees. I knew all their favorite games. They knew me, all my favorite games. We would just talk, compare notes, and it was like, it's kind of like this, like what we're doing now. It was really nice because, yeah. like, you've had a sense of, like, hey, they give a shit about me. You True. Know? It was like, it wasn't so much, it's not a traditional kind of retail relationship. You feel me? I feel. I and feel. That's what I enjoyed about going to some of these game stores, but. I feel like a lot of the bullshit practices we get now. Are- I, I feel like I felt that with EB Games. I feel like I know so much GameStop because I, I don't know. I, maybe you, oh, you probably frequented EB more. Yeah, I, maybe yeah, maybe it's just the, the the timing thing. But I always felt like once I entered a GameStop, I felt like their fist trying to go up my ass the whole time because they were just trying to fucking take as much money out as possible. That was always my impression of GameStop, no matter what. And playing trade less so. Playing trade kind of took that 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 away because like oh, I feel like people like you said enjoy the games here but i don't know but yeah i do like the idea i think it's something that they should at least look into because they're going down fast and they gotta do something about it so best case um scenario 
Amazon buys them out, and then you just get an extra pickup location that's not super far from you. Yeah, true. Facts. Hey, you could get it delivered in two days, or you could pick it up at our Amazon location tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah? Because, I mean, what's Amazon going to do with all that space? Amazon. They already have the game service. Amazon Gaming. I don't know. Yeah, but at that rate, why not just make it an Amazon store? Yeah. Figure some of these more bigger game steps would make a... I don't want to say ideal, would make a good base. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, interesting point of view. Well, it's good here. You know, Amazon buys them out and just ships their shit over there. Like Amazon Games. Yeah. AG. Amazon Gaming. Oh. Uh-oh. 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 Jeff Bezos is over there watering his mouth. Yeah. Somewhere. De- definitely. No, so, no, his wife is because she took half his money. Anyway. Um, and they're still both the richest people in the world. Thank yeah. One and so two. That, that was my uh, thing. We got one more game. We do. And I had some fun with this. This is, Dude, it was so, hard. Dude. So here's the game. <laughs> you mentioned last week. I No, I think I might have mentioned it. Uh, where I said that would be a good title for one of the Star Wars movies. And you said, all right, fuck, we're doing this for next week. We're going to rename the Star Wars movies. And I don't, I don't know, man. You want to go first? Should I go first? I do. I, I'm not going to lie. There's a few of these I'm like, I, this is horrible, but I can't think of anything else, right? So I want you to go first because I want to see how good, see if I, I'm in the oh, same boat or... Man, I'm going to piss somebody off with these. Um, okay, so I want to like preface this. I took some relatively creative liberties with, with this. <laughs> okay. So here, here's what I got going. Um, I did this on a broader spectrum. I didn't just look at the individual contents of a movie. I looked kind of how it relates to all the other movies. Okay. That was my mentality going into this. So... Um, Episode one, Star Wars episode one is going to be named The One. Okay. Okay. Going into episode two is To Bring Balance. And episode three is To The Force. Because that tells the story of Anakin Skywalker. To the, And the whole thing, the whole tagline is like, To Bring Balance to the Force. Okay. Right? There was all these Jedi outnumbered, like the one or two Sith that there was. That's kind of the mentality of it going into it. Cause, and I think it works especially well for one and three. Because you get The One. Anakin Skywalker is The One. And then three is where he actually executes Order 66 to bring balance to the Force. Uh-huh. Right? And two was kind of in there, a little bit mushy. We could play the game, but I don't think... Yeah, You feel you feel me? You see what uh-huh. I'm trying to get okay. at? Okay. All right? Not too outlandish? Yeah. Okay. Uh, going in, number four. I think number four, uh, the original title, A New Hope, is a bit kind of wonky for me. And I think number four should be called Empire Reign or The Empire's Reign, something like that. It shows the extent of... Where we've come from to where we are now and the death grip that Vader and the Imperials have against the whole star system. Mm. I feel like that should be exemplified. Number five. All right. You're going you're gonna to get a kick out of this. Number five is going to be titled Revenge of the Sith. Because, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Empire Strikes Back is an excellent name. Revenge of the Sith kind of summarizes it, sums it up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then number six is going to be A New Hope. Because once, once we kind of defeat this, this overarching menace that is Vader and Sidious, you do have a new hope. I didn't bother to do seven. I yeah, think I seven's did. title is okay. Yeah. And my only gripe was eight with eight. It, sh- it should have been called the last straw, but <laughs> <laughs> Th- those were my six. I did the, the six core movies and I think those came out pretty, pretty decent. I think uh, you and I took exact, the exact opposite approach to this. Cause you went, like you said, kind of the overarching story. And I just focused centrally on the, the plot of the film. So I'm glad that we kind of took both. So I got I self admittedly these are horrible. All right, well a few of them. Don't so, worry, I'll remind you at the end. Yeah, definitely. So episode one, Siege of Liberty, because it's all about the whole Naboo thing. It was boring. I'm sorry. Uh, two, actually, I enjoy it's Assassin's Legacy because it's all about Fett and the clones. So uh, that was not too bad. Three, 
Sins of the Father. Makes sense. Four, Brighter Days. Uh, five, Shrouded in Darkness. And six, Fall of the Empire. It's a little literal. literal I think I would have enjoyed these titles more if they weren't Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But uh, because, like I said, it's kind of it's hard. hard. It really it's is. Hard. It's ingrained into not only our minds, but like pop culture. Because like my, my thing's like, that was cheesy. Fuck. No, nah, that sucks. I think I thought about it too hard. It's a lot harder than you would think. Yeah. If you got better replacement titles, tweet at us. Yeah, definitely. Want to do, do this again? I got another franchise that we could do it on. Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to be rough. All right. We'll yeah. do it. We'll do it next week. Harry Potter for next week. Yeah. Interesting. Moving on. We're going to ruin all your favorite stuff. So, uh, music news and reviews. Yep. Uh, we got a, we got a, just a small smidge and handful of things to, to dish out. Um, yep. I remind you, like, I reminded you, like, three days this week. Uh, we're doing a 10 song set list for a band I think is very underappreciated because mm-hmm. they bring a lot of good stuff to the hardcore community, especially like that East Core Boston, Massachusetts mm-hmm. bullshit that we love. Great American Ghost, 10 song set list. You go first, sir. Did you have a hard time? Not a hard time, but did you think uh, the fact that they have a song called New England Misery and a song called Misery kind of... Yeah, it's a little bit of a trip up. A little redundant. <laughs> um, I think the songs are different conceptually, but yeah, okay. the titles are a bit of a trip up. Well, um, um, fucking Chelsea Grin has the same same thing. Their new album has Eternal Nightmare, and then an older album has Nightmare. Oh, yeah, I guess that is a little redundant. So. All right, let's get it going. Nothing left, opening up. All right. Oh man, coming out swinging. Yeah, coming hey, out. Here's swinging. my thing. Uh, I think it's the guitarist that does like the deep growly vocals toward the end, mm-hmm. where he's like, "You can find me at the bottom of the river." I love that shit. Yeah. And good. I was like, we need more of him in a lot of these other songs. Yeah. I think he was a very good kind of contrast to mm-hmm. Ethan's screaming. Definitely. Uh, homegrown hate. Very cool. New England misery. Uh, yeah. And ever casting cha- cast the char- and ever changing cast of characters. Excellent. Danmation. Time is your enemy. Deliver me, anxious alone. Everyone leaves and Ann Arbor. Did I, did I get it? Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's all. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Um, we we kind of have similar mentalities on this, so I'm gonna open up with some shit off their last album, not Hatred Sense for the scene, the one before that. Uh, everybody leaves. It's gonna be Runner into Ever Changing Cast of Characters, Destroyer, Delivery, Deliver Me. Oh man, No Savior. I forgot that one. That's the one I forgot. Dead Punks. Yeah. Uh, everyone leaves. Eight is lost. Nine is nothing left. I love that song. It's probably my favorite Great American Ghost song. And then closing out with Ann Arbor. Okay. So I, I had some fun, man. I, I probably had like this band on repeat all week long. Yeah. It was, it was very nice. Yeah. I, I I try to focus as hard as I could, but I, like I, I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, and then I'm like, it would just slip my mind. Like I'm like, oh man, I should be listening to these songs because I gotta pick out which ones I want for my ten songs. That was it happened like three times this week. So I'm <laughs> glad that you reminded me because I probably would have forgot a couple times. But uh. So yeah, yeah, I got I got great expectations for these guys, and yeah. I don't know if they're due for one this year. It's been two years, but if they are, then that's gonna be a, a contender. I would say they're due. I yeah, would say it's gonna due. be a contender. All right, so uh, it's my pick this week, right? Yes, sir. I'm gonna do the used. Oh man, oh you're gonna make me go through like eight albums. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll do the used. It's gonna be real fun. Well, there's some. Uh, there's well, a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, there's a lot of. I, I think it's. I, I'm very centralized. I think I go from. Um, What's the name of that? In love and death from like vulnerable. I'm gonna skip out everything else in between because well, not in between, but at the ends because, you know, I, that's my era of the used. I think, man. So yeah, we'll do the used next week. 
I think that'd be very fun. cool to use next week. Yeah, oh, man. I got some reviewing to do. It's been a minute for me. I forget. It's been a, yeah, it's been a minute. Cause that's, that's how you Let, got let's, me with. Uh, let's get this Burt McCracken. Yeah. That's how you got me with. Uh, that's good one. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a, Cause that's how you got me with um, yellow card. I'm like, Oh man, yeah, I, man. I, I do some, there, there's some bands that we talk about a lot and then there's bands that need more love. And that's yeah. kind of the point of this, this game. Yeah. The use is next. So tune in. So uh, my buddy. So we talked about him on, on, previously on the podcast. Uh, he was a rapper. He went by the name of Ruski. I know it's horrible. He admits it. Um, but I guess he recently he changed up his uh, title, name, whatever the fuck, style. Stylistically, he's different. He's one of those emo rapper guys that you speak so highly of. One of um, the- not all of them. Yeah. All of them. I, know, I, I think know. there's a, a couple of standout people. Yeah. So uh, he's, in a, he's a group. I guess a group or his name is Dying a Designer now. This is his new thing. And he got signed by Hopeless Records, my buddy that I went to high school with. So I'm super proud of him. Good job, Bobby. Wow, Hopeless is kind of a big... Uh, yeah. Big they, got, they got Take You Back Sunday, I think. I had a bunch of people. Have a day to no, no Hopeless was Victory. Uh, or I'm, oh, Jesus, A Day to Remember was Victory. Was Victory. They're not was Victory, victory. Yeah, yeah. They're not Victory anymore. Um, yeah, it's actually a good question. Let me let me look up. I know um, there's another emo rapper on Hopeless called uh, Nothing Nowhere, and he's kind of like more alternative-y yeah. than like the emo rap stuff. But yeah. hope, man, Hopeless is no joke. Yeah, it's a, it's a big label, so I'm super proud of him. Uh, I know he's been doing this for a long time. And you went to high school with this guy? I went to high school with him. Uh, he started off in like the deathcore scene. Uh, he was a vocalist in a, a band called Victory at All Cost. Uh, so uh, some of the bands that have been on Hopeless, All Time Low, mm. Avenged, 100th, Enter Shikari, Neck Deep, Sum 41, The Wonder Years, Yellow Card. And, you know, this is like been... You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not, not essentially currently. Newfound Glory. Uh, yeah, man. They, Tonight Alive, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, some Stand good. Atlantic, The Used, Trophy some, Eyes. Some big names on there. Gee, Moose Blood, Silverstein with Confidence, Trash Boat. Ooh, man. Emerosa, Circus Survive. Yeah. Yeah. Thrice. Hands like Thrice. Mm. Ann Arbor, Siler, Story Untold. It's a big, big label. Yeah, so my buddy's on it now, and I'm proud of him. Very cool. Because, like I said, he, he was in, he was from the scene like uh, like me, and then uh, he like maybe late late high school he transitioned over to this rap thing, and everybody kind of collectively made fun of him for it, and I felt bad. I I, I thought he was all right, especially considering there's a, a plethora of shitty rappers, and why are we making fun of him when there's a plethora of shitty ones that we went to high school with. I think especially with like this wave of emo rap, I think there's a lot of parallels between. That scene and like the punk rock, deathcore kind of that um, umbrella of a scene. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of really good parallels because, um, like I said, man, like uh, like a couple of these emo rappers that I enjoy are touring with like hardcore bands, like Volumes, um, Angel Dust. Well, they're kind of less hardcorey, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, they're, they're touring with guys that I saw open up for every time I die. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, like I said, I'm proud of him. Glad he's uh, made some out of that and made the haters hate because fuck him. Yeah, man. Congrats. Uh, like like we said, dude, Hopeless is no joke. This yeah. isn't some bullshit little ass Carol Stream venue that has like two bands on it. Yeah. This is like serious shit. Speaking of which, uh, so uh, there's a band that I, I shot out a couple weeks ago called Sanction. And they're playing at a place called the Beyond the Limit in Chicago. I'm like, where the fuck is that? I'm like, I've never heard of that venue a day in my life. I looked it up. It's a t-shirt store. Wow. Okay. That's, that's cool. The grime. That's, the grime is real. <laughs> the grime will be real. Uh, what part of Chicago? Oh, uh, like, Nor- like Norridge. Like North. Norridge. Yeah. Gotcha. Should so, be fun, man. I love not venue venues. Yeah. Definitely. No, yeah. There's, 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 yeah. yeah we, we, remember we, when Hot Topic used to do shows? You guys probably don't remember that. You remember uh, that I was catching the tail end of that, man. Yeah. I never went to one, but I knew a couple people that did. I remember uh, Drugs. 
uh, Craig Owens Band. They did a show at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. But uh, so they did a show at Hot Topic. I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, so, yeah. Was, uh, I want to say Bullet for My Valentine did too when they Maybe were just they coming did. out. I just got back into them, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of rough, right? Rough around the edges. Uh, Especially with the newer material. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the, the first couple albums. Were Talk pushed. about Waking the Demon still smacks, bro. Yeah, fucking Tears Don't Fall still fucking smacks. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those those two albums. Oof. Yeah. Very so, good. See. Yeah. Definitely. So. Uh, oh, we need to bring them back around. <laughs> we should. Maybe we'll do a 10 song set list next week or something. Or the following week. But. um, So, yeah. That's my buddy. And I'm proud of him. So, that's, all, that's really all I had to say about that. Moving forward. Very cool. We got our certified bangers. Do we have something else? Is that it? I don't have any bangers for the week. I've been kind of quiet bangers. on the musical front. There hasn't been anything that's caught my attention recently. Like I said, I've been kind of revolving around the Great American Ghost Store, and I've been on a binge, and I want to see them live. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I actually, I've been I've been bumping a lot of Metallica recently. I don't know why. Because the whiskey. Maybe. <laughs> whiskey a little frisky. Yeah. So I've been bumping a lot of Metallica recently. So yeah, man. I'm gonna open up a venue. We're gonna bring back uh, the blood from from the dead. Yeah. You talked about this. You want you. Wanna... I, it's just the thought that hit me, man. You, well, like I said, as a person who used to plan shows, not like uh, not like I was good at it or anything, but it's a lot of work, man. Yeah, I can only imagine. A I think lot. it'd be fun, though. Definitely. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Stressful. Yeah. I'd want to make it like a nice venue out in the shitty suburbs, though. You feel me? Like, not like nice in the same way that like the Aragon is nice, but nice in the same way that the Bottom Lounge feels homey nice. Okay. You know? Because the feel- Bottom Lounge is an okay venue. No, it, it's a, it's no, a no, fucking no, no, fantastic no. Well, well, hear me out. The the music room is okay, but it's everything else that makes it great. It's the, the fact that the sound in there is excellent, the yeah. food in there is excellent, the drinks are great and plentiful, and the fact that we've never seen a bad show there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I it's it, like don't get me wrong, the music room is okay, but it's everything else that makes it great and wonderful and beautiful. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Oh, speaking of uh not really speaking of, but what's uh Ali Sykes blew his vocal his vocal cords out, huh? Who did? Ali Sykes. Yeah, uh, talked about that a bit. So they did do, uh, one of the encores they do is I used to make out with Medusa the come down and a medley of some of their older stuff. So I guess that kind of answered my question of what Where? was he doing. <laughs> but um, for any vocalists out there, man, take care of your pipes because we, we've seen what happens to a lot of vocalists over time. Well, and this isn't just specifically Ali Sykes. This is uh, a, a lot of people we've seen don't come back the same. Whether it be live or album or studio, take true. care of your body. You only get one. True, true. Well, for true. now, you know we all get cybernetic implants. My my vocals will sound like a synth wave. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> all right. So is that it, Gabe? Yeah. Oh, and uh, Alexis on Fire dropped a new single. Who? Uh, Alexis on Fire. Oh yeah, I've got it. Oh my god, you broke I'm it. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's uh, dad metal. I, yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. They uh, played like a secret pop up show oh. the other day. So, man, they look old. Well, they're old. Uh, yeah. Everybody looks old except the lead singer. <laughs> he looks like he's still youthful. Is, is he new? I don't know. Because don't ask me. Screamer looked like he had a straight up dad bod last time I seen him. And that, he didn't look like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really keep up with the band's personal lives like that. I don't know, man. I guess we'll find out. Check it out, though. It's, it's, it's interesting enough. Okay, because I know they go, they went all green and shit on us. So, like with like their Facebook profile and all that good stuff and Instagram and whatnot. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad they're back. I, I love them. I still love them. Oh yeah, man. 44 caliber love letter was great. Mm-hmm. I love the early early shit. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Crisis is Crisis, yeah, a perfect album. <laughs> Crisis and, is fucking and phenomenal. Cardinals was also a phenomenal album. But yeah. but some of that early stuff, man, just spoke to me. Like Polaroids of Polar Bears and shit yeah. like that. Polaroids of Polar Bears. 
Was that it? Was that the song? No, I just I just love the title. It's it's so good. I think that was it. Yeah, it's, it's not the good... same album as Point Forty Four Caliber. It's good stuff. It's the one with the the girl with the knife and the skirt. Okay, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that album was green too. Yeah, they got a thing for green. They do. All right, well, uh, let's make like a present and wrap it up. Let's make like a. I don't know. Am I gonna get into this? Let's make like a chimichanga. Wrap it up and deep fry it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, then that was the Second City Kids podcast. You guys can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes Store, all that good stuff. You guys can find it's us true. there. You can also uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're fun. We try to be. Yeah. There's that. And uh, yeah, man. I think that's it. That's, that's, that's it. Covers and, all uh, our bases. Huh? Covers all our bases. All the bases. Yeah. And we'll see you by here back next week for 107. Yeah. yeah 107. 100, 107. We're going to have a little sticky note on your screen. That's yeah. which episode it is. Yeah. 107. But until then. Deuces.